Welcome to Brazen Education with Educator Barnes, a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth, being transparent to help others, and having no shame about it. Because we can't move forward until the truth is known. Welcome back to another episode of Brazen Education. And our topic today is show love to teachers. And you have probably guessed that this episode is happening because of the week that it is. This week is Teacher Appreciation Week. And I assert as a teacher that one week is just not enough. And many times when this week comes along, it's just not beneficial to teachers. It's like, oh, you'll get a jeans day off. You can wear jeans all this week. Or, hey, we're going to get pizza for you. Now, I know you all don't have the same lunch time. So by the time you get the pizza, it probably is going to be cold. But we got you free lunch. The purpose of this episode is to not only think about better ways to show appreciation to teachers, but how you can show appreciation to teachers throughout the school year in addition to this week. So I came up with a top 10 list. I'll talk about each of these points, and I also will let you know who the focus area is, whether that's a a thing that everybody can do, whether that's a, a way that a community member may show appreciation, a student, a colleague, any of that. So this is super, super important. So hopefully you find this um, helpful. And before I get into the list, I want to note that this particular episode is sponsored by Rise Indie as part of a joint collaboration between Rise Indie and Indie Kids Winning. And if you don't know this already, I am the editor-in-chief of Indie Kids Winning. And this um, episode is brought to you um, through that partnership. So let's get into it. So the very first one is simple, but it's the one that people overlook. So number one, in-person thank you. And as a person who is an introvert as a kid and still am as an adult, I know that just walking up to someone say, hey, thank you for it and saying what it is can be intimidating. But sometimes those words really, really are the thing that the teacher needs. And every way of appreciation doesn't have to be something that costs you a lot of money. So if you're a student, it can be as simple as when you're exiting class, thanks for all you do, Mrs. Barnes. Something that simple because that will brighten the teacher's day or it could be on the way into class. Hey, I know it's teacher appreciation week. I just wanna say thank you for what you do. And if you really wanna step on your game with notch kids, say it on other days throughout the year when it's not teacher appreciation week. Say it to teachers on days where you know now, I know you're, you're, the students that are listening, you're good students, so it's not you. There's other students who may not be making the best choices uh, in the learning environment. And so on those days especially, those are the days uh, that you can say thank you. School administrators, a thank you goes a long way. And if you have waited until Teacher Appreciation Week to verbalize thank you to teachers, I want you to reevaluate how you will tell teachers thank you a little bit more Um, in the upcoming school year, so you're not waiting uh, to um, Teacher Appreciation Week. And thank yous are uh, something you can say to colleagues. Uh, I guess people now consider me a veteran educator because I've been an educator for 17 years now. And 
I still have mentors who are educators that are older than me. And I thank my mentors. Thank you for helping me climb out of this hole during this period of time in my life. Thank you for helping me teach grammar better because I was struggling. And that's like a real story. Like I understand grammar, but teaching in a way that's engaging and fun for kids, that wasn't the thing that came easily to me. Um, teaching reading, teaching writing, but that grammar part, teaching in a way that stuck, that was something I had to seek out a mentor for. So I said, thank you. I really appreciated that because that improves um, that aspect of my teaching. So keeping this simple, just say thank you. So if you're an introvert like me, you may go this route, which is still a good route, write a letter. I have multiple boxes now because as I told you, I've been doing this for a while. I have multiple boxes in my house that are full of letters and I and they're different types of letters. So letters from colleagues, letters from school administrators, letters from uh, students. But the ones I treasure the most are the letters written to me by students. And sometimes the student will just give me a letter randomly during the school year. I mean, it's not random for them because there was something in their heart they wanted to share with me. But those are the things that when work gets hard, when people are demonizing educators on social media and saying everything about us except the things that are good, those are the days when I open that box of letters and I pull out and I read what a student wrote and read what my impact was to that student. And some days those are the things that keeps me going in this work because being a teacher is hard. Um, it is a, a job that requires, you know, uh, a college degree is a job that requires continuous professional development, but it's a job where you're dealing with people. And when I mean by people, I mean little people, people who are still, you know, developing um, into who they want to be. You're dealing with adult people, uh, colleagues and school administrators and district administrators, and you're dealing with family members. And so when you are having the, that many connections with other people, at some point in time, you're going to ruffle somebody's feathers or rub somebody the wrong way. And it's on those days when that happens and then that person addresses you in the way or tries to make your job or your life difficult. Now, those are the days that you question why you're in this profession. But if you take a moment to look back at letters that were written to you, you can push forward another day. Three. Buy or make a card. And this is similar to making a uh, writing a letter. My favorite cards are the ones that students make. Uh, first of all, I find them so amusing. Uh, it's really amusing how students see you. Uh, because I wear my hair so many different ways, or I may have it up in a wrap. Today, I have my hair up in the wrap, and I got my big hoop earrings on. It's really interesting to see which one of my hairstyles that students draw for me. And it also gives me an insight into which ones may be their favorite. So I may have a big fro in a picture. I may have a ponytail. Uh, when I was younger and, and my hair was really long, I had the habit of putting my hair up in a big bun on top of my head, putting my hair in a big ponytail so kids would, would draw that. Um, it's also funny um, how they <laughs> drew, drew my clothes as well. But those were the things that I cherished. Those are the things that I would put up in uh, my room sometime. And if there were like personal words, I wouldn't hang that up in the room. But the picture portion of it, I would hang that up in the, in the room. And the other thing that it says, you, I, I kind of created a refrigerator, you know, so at home, I don't know, people are still doing this, but, you know, you, you get that magnet, you post something to the refrigerator, you bring it home, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, whoever it is, they're really proud of what you did. But when students notice that uh, you save the things that 
they draw you or things that they make you, um, you'll get more students to do it because they either a want you to share uh, what they have created for you or they feel comfortable um, that you're a teacher, that that's something that they can do for. Um, so if you if you can't afford to buy a card and anybody can give a teacher a card, if you can't afford to buy a card, make a card because the homemade cards are my favorite. Number four is make a craft. And for most of my career, I've been a secondary teacher. Um, there were a few years, I'm trying to think, three three years where I was, was in an elementary school. And then two years I was in a um, pre-K through a school. So I was in the middle school portion. I wasn't working with the little people, but the little people were still around. Actually, I'll take that back. I had some little people who were my friends who um, they would send up to my office. I was a school administrator at that time uh, to help them uh, get back into the right um, portion of their brains. So they could focus and they could learn. But sometimes younger kids, they love to make you craft. So I have bracelets made out of buttons, bracelets made out of painted mac dry macaroni shells. And they're always, I have coasters that have been made for me. Um, kids, they may have made a clay thing in art and they save it for teacher appreciation week to give it to me. And some of them had even gotten my name in there somehow. Um, and even if my name was misspelled because uh, my last name is Barnes, B-A-R-N-E-S, sometimes the kids will leave out that E. I'm like, yep, that's me. So those handmade crafts, and sometimes during Christmas time, I will put, I will attach a string to some of those crafts and put them on my tree, which really um, lends itself to an interesting conversation when I have a set of family members over. They're like, so what's going on with this ornament on your tree? And so I get to share with my family about the wonderful students that I have. Um, and it's also a reminder that this student could have been, I don't know, what, what are kids doing uh, today? Playing video games? being outside, watching YouTube, uh, you know, they could have been doing that, but they stopped for a moment and made something uh, for you. Number five is super, super important. Purchase a gift the teacher wants. And I cannot emphasize this enough. So my uh, medical twin sons, they were in third grade when the pandemic started. And they um, did the rest of the school year, the last fourth quarter of that school year remote. The next school year, um, their school district had a virtual academy. My kids continued online all of fourth grade. But their fourth grade teacher did something that I really liked. At the beginning of the school year, she did, it was like a poster for herself, um, like a eight, you know, like a sheet of paper. And it had a picture on it. It had like facts about her, like where she went to school, things like that. But then it had things on there that she really, really liked. And I really like that. So if you're a teacher that's listening, that's something you can definitely incorporate next school year. But what I really liked about it, it gave me the opportunity to find something to, to get for the teacher that the teacher likes. And sometimes when you ask your kids, you're like, what is your what is your teacher like? Oh, I don't know. That, that's not helpful. So then you may be getting a Starbucks card and the teacher doesn't like it. I'm a person uh, that has difficulty drinking a lot of caffeine. Um, I get major headaches from caffeine. Um, if you see me um, drinking a Coke, mind your business. I know I'm going to get a headache. I'm, I'm just choosing. I'm choosing the headache, uh, even though I, I'm choosing the Coke, even though I know the headache's going to come. But when I get gift cards to Starbucks, I'm like, oh, what am I going to do with this? Because I, I, I don't drink coffee really, and I don't go to that place very much. I normally go there more to meet people to for conversations. So normally I give the gift card away. So on one hand, a thought does count. 
you gave me something, you took the time to spend something, but then I didn't actually use it. So that that appreciation part um, kind of didn't land correctly. Also, I'm in several different teacher groups online and some teachers have been getting things that they want. Um, um, there's some teachers that told me that um, that, that parents have been buying them bottles of alcohol. Um, if you're doing that, uh, <laughs> uh, do not make exchanges on school property. That's just not wise. So uh, make sure that you're buying something that the teacher wants that you're comfortable of handing off to the teacher. And many teachers like uh, myself, I live in the city that I teach in. So I run into people all the time. So you may see that pair in another setting where that may be more appropriate. But I just thought I would throw that out there because you don't want to find yourself in a situation where you're getting a parent in trouble, you're getting in trouble. Um, just, just don't find yourself um, in that situation. And I'll add this. If you're a parent that has a type of business, um, like maybe you're a beautician um, or a hairstylist, and maybe you may say, hey, if you want to come in, I'll give you a discount on this. Uh, so if you are if you're a business person and you have something that the teacher may want, talk to the teacher about it before you make the take the time uh, to offer a discount or give the teacher something that they do not want. Six, volunteer to help. And I'm going to talk about help and help is for everybody. So I'm going to start with students. When I was at my um, sons's, um, they're in sixth grade now, when I was at their band concert, the band um, director was giving out awards because it was her last concert of the school year. And she went to talk about a student and she mentioned that the student would come uh, when I, I believe it was a he, when he had free time to help clean up the classroom on a consistent basis. And this was one of many reasons that the director gave this student an award. But sometimes teachers can use a little help. And so if you're able, and if you're a student listening, make sure you follow all the rules, get your pass, ask in advance. Don't just say, oh, Ms. Mars needs help. I'm just going to show up because I've had students today. Oh, Ms. Mars, I'm here to help. Did you check in with your elective teacher to let them know you're here? Oh, you did not. So we're going to go to class and we're going to try this again tomorrow because I need to email your elective teacher before you come down here. So students volunteer to help, and that can be outside of the class period. You have the teacher or in the class period, whether that is, you know, hanging out papers or straightening up desks or helping tidy up the, the student supply area. Um, that's how you can help. When it comes to colleagues, I always said people are, have different seasons in their lives, right? So when I was in the season of being a mom of identical twin babies, I was in a season where I didn't have much to give to anybody else because all that I had went to my son's I, I carved out a little piece for my husband and then that rest went to my students as, as it was really hard for me to do anything else. But when colleagues reached out and offered to do things for me, that really helped me a lot and showed me that they appreciated me. And then when it comes to administrators, you can help as well. Uh, if their teacher needs to sub one day, how about you sub? If the teacher um, wants to do a certain activity, how about you volunteer to be a helper? Because there are other times that we need uh, parent help um, that the administrator can step in. And that parent help is not always a field trip, right? I've, I used to do this activity with students where they uh, we would do time order and writing clearly and uh, following directions. So the students would actually make something we would vote on. But that was a whole coordinated event. I had to make sure I had a trash can, paper towels access 
of two, um, several microwaves to heat up the food, a cart to transfer the food, a fridge to put the food in. Um, and then there's someone helping me monitor the kids getting food to make sure we did our, our lesson, did the food, and then got out of class. And that's something definitely an administrator could have popped in and helped with. And, and, and granted, you know, I have parents that would help with the activity as well. But the administrators should be there that day um, unless they're at some conference or some district meeting so they can pop in to help. But also when you, to parents, we need your help outside of chaperoning field trips. So you, and if you don't know how to help, email the teacher. If your school district use something like Parent Square or Blooms or Remind app, and they have to say, hey, I have a couple hours next week. I was wondering if there's anything I'd come in and help you with. And I guarantee you that if you ask the teacher, what can I help with? I guarantee you they have a list of things. Now, granted, we can't have parents help with everything because there's there's like HIPAA and FERPA. There's some things that you can't see or have access to. But if I need a bulletin board change, I can bring a parent in for that. If I need some copies read, I can bring a parent in for that. If I need help organizing a special day for the students um, and, and organizing logistics and getting things brought in, I can get a parent um, to volunteer and help with that. And that really ties into what I just said, number seven, ask how you can support because your support is can be more than volunteering, right? When my sons were in first grade, they were in different classes. And one of my son's teacher, she sent the message. She said, I need scissors. I don't have enough scissors. I can't do all these projects. And I'm like, oh, I can help because that particular school year, I didn't volunteer in the classroom uh, very much at all. I don't think that school year. So for me, I was able to help financially by sitting in scissors, sitting in boxes of tissues. Um, oh, I did help with something. I helped stuff bags with flashcards. Uh, so ask how you can support because sometimes the support may be, can you buy a thing for my classroom or can you donate to my donor's shoes? And if uh, you don't know this donor's shoes is matching teachers um, projects. So even donating to a teacher's project is helping them get extra uh, match money. And many school districts, especially the beginning of the year, and I said the beginning of the year because as the school year goes on, normally the pot runs out, but many school districts have a fund where they match teachers donor's shoes. So if you give $20, now I got matched with $20. So now that $20 turned into a $40 donation towards a thing that the teacher really needs for students. So never be afraid to ask because again, teachers have things that they need help with. And also the burden shouldn't always be on the teacher to be the one that initiating the ask. Sometimes us as parents, we need to be the ones that reach out and do the ask. Number eight is um, advocate for teacher pay and benefits. It's no surprise right now that when it comes to teaching that some teachers are choosing, um, as they say, to chuck the deuce and walk out the door. And we need to make sure that teachers stay. But some of the reasons that teachers have to leave is teacher pay and the benefits. And when I say benefits, I'm talking about, you know, health care, days off, um, sick days. Some school districts put in a whole bunch of blackout days. So even if the teacher has something they really need to do, the district is saying, you can't take off this day. And if you take off this day, we will um, not pay you for that day. And so you can't, they won't let you use the sick day. So advocating for the type of benefits that teachers get and advocating for teacher pay. Here in Indiana, uh, there was a big study about, you know, what they need to do for the teaching profession. And surprise, surprise, teacher pay came up. 
there's a part of my brain is like we had to do a study to tell you that teachers wanted more money. Um, in particular, in Indiana, we're at the bottom when it comes to teacher pay. Now, you may see our pay say, well, that's not the bottom. But when it comes to cost of living, we are um, at um, the bottom in regards to teacher pay and teachers abilities go up. And many times when laws are being passed or we have the legislative session, that happens during the day. So for a teacher to go down to the legislative session and advocate for their pay, that means they are taking off of work to do that. And I've been an educator that had to take off of work twice. I went down to the state house, sat for four and a half hours, only for them to get to the bill I was there to speak for, and then they took a recess. So then I had to go back and take off another day and sit there for another four hours. Teachers don't always have time for that, but many times parents, when you think about all the parents a teacher would have, you have parents with all the first shift, second shift, third shift. You have parents who do have the ability to go down there and say, hey, this teacher has done this for my kids. These teachers are doing this. They need more pay. What will it take to increase their pay? So it's not just about giving a teacher something in the moment, giving them a gift card this week. It's also thinking about how do we show appreciation over our long term? Because we need more people advocating to our policymakers about increasing pay. We need more um, advocates uh, in school districts because some school districts don't even pay teachers more money when they earn their master's degree or their doctorate degree. So you have a teacher going back to get more knowledge to teach students better, but you don't give them a pay raise for the sacrifice that they took away from their own personal families um, to come here and serve your children. So it's really important that we advocate for those areas. Number nine, I'm looking at you, administrators. I, I hope you are listening. And if you're not, turn up that, turn up that volume um, as you're listening. Eliminate unnecessary tasks. We ask teachers to do a lot. And some of the stuff that teachers are being asked to do, they don't really need to do. Or if the administration have planned out what they wanted to have executed better, it would have saved work for teachers. For example, in schools, we have to document stuff. That's a given. But many times how we are documenting stuff is becoming cumbersome to the teachers where teachers are now having to go home and complete documentation because the system that the school is using is not an efficient or effective system. I'll give you an example. At one school district, we would write students up and I rarely wrote up students. I had um, the lowest um, referral because I just didn't really write a student because my personal belief as a teacher, we're going to handle it. We're going to close this door. We're going to handle it in here. Now, the only thing I would write up is stuff where it's like, okay, you threw a chair at somebody. So if it got to that, and then I said, I said, you know, I got to write you up for this. I don't even want to be doing this. And then when I was in that situation, I would have to fill out this form. The form had multiple copies and the copies all went in different places. So I had, it was like one of those triplicate forms. So I had to give one to the kid, put one in this tray, put one in another file. And then I had to go onto the computer and then type out everything I had written into this kid's online file as well. That was a whole bunch of unnecessary steps, which is also why I'm like, we gonna handle this in this classroom. There was a lot of unnecessary steps and took time. I remember prep periods when I would have something that was a stream that would happen. I had to take time out of my prep to do this and get the form to where it be. And then uh, if, if the parent didn't sign the form, then there's an extra step of me showing that I reached out to the parent to say, hey, do you get this form home? Now, granted, depending on what it was, I was going to call home anyway. 
Uh, it was rare that if I wrote a referral that I didn't call home, but that was another step that I had to do. So I really want administrators to think about are all the things that you're asking teachers to do, are these things that they really need to do? And if so, what are you going to do to make it an easier task that they can do so they can do it within their contract hours? And if they have to do something after contract hour is not something that is taking so much time, that, like every single week of their life. And this brings me to point 10, my last point about how we can appreciate teachers more. Share the teacher's impact. It is great, as I stated earlier in this um, episode, to tell the teacher how great they are, what they have done, how they have impacted you. That's awesome. But sometimes the people who need to hear the teacher about the teacher's impact isn't the teacher. Uh, it is the school administration. It is the district leaders. It is our policy makers. It's other parents. Because... Uh, I'm going to be real. I understand that some teachers treat students differently. So I may have an experience with a teacher and my child that may be different than the experience that another person has with that teacher and their child. But if I really feel that this teacher is a good teacher, then I do advocate on that teacher's behalf and say, hey, um, if you don't mind, can you share a little bit about what happened? Maybe you should approach it this way because this teacher really responds if you do X, Y, and Z. And when I did X, Y, and Z, this is the outcome that I have. So really putting your neck out there and sharing what teachers have done. We don't do that enough. We need to do more of that. And, and it can be as simple as you get on Facebook, do a public post and write how that um, teacher has impacted. Because I, I, I tell you, they, they, they watch <laughs> school administrations, they watch. And I can say, as being a former school administrator, because uh, there would uh, be a panel of us, um, some different administrators from the school teachers. And one of the number one things they would do, they, was go they will Google the teacher's name. They'll go into social media. So if you write something on social media about the teacher and an administrator goes to Google them and they're getting another job, then that will pop up. So those are just some things to keep in mind. So say I'm going to recap really, really quickly for you. Give an in-person thank you. Two, write a letter. Three, buy or make a card. Four, make a craft. Five, purchase a gift that the teacher wants. Six, volunteer to help. Seven, ask how you can support. Eight, advocate for teacher pay and benefits. Nine, eliminate unnecessary tasks. And 10, share the teacher's impact. And if you don't remember anything else that I say, I want you to remember this. Please do these things in addition to what you do during Teachers Appreciation Month. This is a hard job. Sometimes it's a thankless job and we need to be lifted up year round because we want to make sure that teachers don't walk out the door at the end of the school year. We want to make sure teachers have a reason that they feel welcome, they feel appreciated, they feel supported. So they will come back next year because when a teacher stays at the school year over year, they're impacting class after class after class of students. And when schools have high turnover because teachers are not being appreciated in the way that they deserve, that hurts kids. So if you want to help kids and you want to support kids, show your appreciation for teachers. And I'll see you guys later on my next episode. Thanks for listening.